Welcome to the Real Estate 401k Show. Here are your hosts, Ryan Gertis, Mike Weinstein, and Justin Frederick, helping you build a legacy of wealth through real estate. Powered by the Recon Group at West USA and the Frederick team with Fairway Mortgage. NMLS number 625918. All right, welcome back to the Real Estate 401k Show. I'm your host, Mike Weinstein, alongside my partner, Ryan Gertis, and we are excited to have in studio today, if you are clients of ours and or, well, if you're not clients of ours, well, then you're doing it wrong. But if you're clients of ours and you have questions when it comes down to real estate law and you need a real estate attorney or you need some information about your HOA, what you're permitted to do, what you're not permitted to do, you are going to be introduced to our real estate attorney. His name is Christopher Charles. Esquire. What is Esquire? We gotta what get, is, we gotta what get is one of those sound bites where we push a button and there, there's like, ah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I never that's, what I, that's what I'm used to, guys. <laughs> right? It's a little different for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. We'll make it work. Okay, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Golf clap. <laughs> Phoenix Open. What, what is Esquire? What it does means, that mean? It, it means lawyer. Um, I remember. Is it in, time to move on from that? We, we have moved on from that. I haven't heard anybody say that in years since you just brought it up, but. Um, but yeah, it, it means licensed member of the the bar. Uh, I, I I recall it having something. That to do Ryan's with it. an Esquire. He's, <laughs> he's part of a lot of bars. <laughs> they close about two. <laughs> I'm taking a leave of absence right now, but yeah, I've been known to you know, you know go to a bar from time to time. <laughs> All right. Well, Christopher Charles is um, our real estate attorney from Provident Lawyers, and again. If you had any questions for a real estate attorney, he is who we would point you uh, as far as his direction. So, all right, Christopher, you're an or you're at least for us, you're our go-to guy, especially when it comes down to HOAs, HOA disputes. Uh, can HOAs prohibit you from doing short-term, mid-term, you know, rentals and, and things like that? Our are HOAs truly the bane of our existence? I find for a lot of people, whether it's previous experience or whatever the case is, they come out here and just flipping hate HOAs. What are some of the myths about HOAs? And what are, the, what are your thoughts on HOAs in general? I have many thoughts on HOAs, and my, my thoughts and opinions have evolved over the years. I've lived in communities with no HOA and I've lived in communities with the, the most extreme of extreme uh, HOAs as far as the rules and bylaws and CCNRs and deed restrictions, covenants, conditions, restrictions. Um, so I've, se- I've seen it all, and I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And as a real estate attorney, I've seen the benefits of HOAs, and I've seen uh, some of the overreaches as well. Uh, but my appetite for HOAs improved uh, when a certain circumstance happened that I'll, I'll share a story uh, that happened when I was in college. Um, I, when I was younger, I didn't like being told what to do, probably by anybody, but especially by the <laughs> HOA. I didn't appreciate the HOA telling me that I couldn't have a basketball hoop in my driveway. But you got married. When you get married, you're saying, I, you, I like to be told what to do. My views have evolved over the years. Uh, I was young and ignorant. Um, but I remember that's what really set me off when I was younger is the, the restriction against a basketball hoop in my, in my driveway. And then I lived in a neighborhood with my brother in Phoenix when I was in college. 
And it was a really beautiful home in a beautiful neighborhood. Um, no, it was not a planned community. It was not uh, an HOA community. It's, it's now in the, the historic area, historic district. And we took really, really good care of the home. And, uh, it, you know, the homes had, you know, good values. And then all of a sudden, one day, I, I came home from being away for, from out of town for the weekend, and our immediate next-door neighbor painted their house. This is a true story. Painted their house bright yellow, canary, bright canary yellow. And it was just this hideous, obnoxious color. And, and I was like, that's, that's weird and kind of unfortunate. Um, sorry if there's anybody listening that has a bright yellow uh, colored home. It just didn't look in Don't place. Don't apologize to them. In, in this yeah. particular <laughs> neighborhood, it looked a little out of place. Uh, and then, true, true story, about four, six weeks later, a house three doors down painted their house uh, barber shop uh, red and white stripes. So like diagonal red and white stripes. They're getting ready for Christmas. <laughs> oh my it was God. like the middle of summer. And and so that's when I started to kind of piece together <laughs> some of the, the benefits that we get from having planned communities and having CCNRs, just having a, a common scheme, development scheme, architectural scheme for regulating the, the use of the properties, all with the idea, which is what you guys care about, is preserving wealth, preserving the values of the properties and protecting you know how these these neighborhoods are going to be developed and what what you know kind of what they're going to look like. Um, so I do I do see that there are some I, I think that reasonable restrictions make sense. I have a, I, I I represent a community. I, by the way, our office represents property owners, and we also represent HOAs. So we we are neutral. So we we are often on both sides, either side of the the issue of disputes. Uh, but I do represent an HOA up in northern Arizona. It's a small community with like 20 homes. And the board has determined that they want to uh, dissolve the HOA, which is fine. And we can do that. There, there's, there's a legal process in place that, uh, that allows for, for that process to happen, to just totally unwind the HOA. You can even dissolve um, CCNRs. It's not easy to do, but there's a there's a process and it can be done. In this particular community, it looks like they have the votes and the interest to do that. But my counsel to clients in those type of situations is, hey, look, if we've got a, a, a community of 20 homes or even 10 homes, whatever it is, if we've got a community of homes that are that are together, um, if we're going to if we're going to dissolve the rules altogether, they really need to be replaced with something else, you know, because just to have a free for all. No rules at all as far as parking, ingress, egress, utilities, development scheme, you know, what type of property. Can we have trailers in the front yard? Can we have mobile homes in the front yard, RVs? Um, you know, can it, yeah. you know how, how can it be developed? You know, what are the homes going to look like? Can we have two stories? Can we block each other's view? You know, that, that's kind of the goal, the spirit of these, these rules. When, we, when I say HOA, I'm, I think a lot of people are just referring generally to the concept of planned communities and CCNRs. Mm-hmm. The HOA is just the um, is just the enforcement arm of the of the CCNRs, and, and it really just comes down to who's running it. And, and before it does. I, it and, does, and before I let Ryan jump in, I, I I just wanted to follow up with one more question because a lot of people are get mad at HOAs. They they take offense at them enforcing rules and so forth. And I think for some of 
for people, the tendency is, oh, okay, the HOA sent me a letter. I've got to do this or I've got to do that. And I'm going to get mad. And I'm going to ignore them. How much teeth typically does an HOA have to enforce the CCNRs, to enforce the rules? And how bad can it get if you just simply put your fingers in your ear and go, la, 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 I can't hear you. I'm ignoring this citation. Well, I'll, I'll share an example to make the point. Thankfully, we've, we've been out of the Great Recession for many years now, but you know, for, for many years, a lot of what I did as a real estate attorney each day in, day out, was advising property owners regarding their distressed properties. Uh, people would come to me with a, a property that was hundreds of thousands of dollars upside down, wanting to know what their options were, what they should do with their property. And the first words out of my advice, the most important thing that you need to do in this circumstance is pay your HOA. Uh, because they would ask me, do I need to keep paying the bank? My house is upside down. Do I need to keep paying the bank? Do I need to pay, keep paying the property taxes? And my advice was above your property taxes, above the mortgage, the first most important thing you need to do is pay the HOA. That wow. was going to be what I was going to ask about because I've done countless short sales REOs mm-hmm. and and so many times I'll have pretty good success getting getting through negotiations with the bank like in pretty expeditious time and then the HOA slaps their fees down and I'm like okay uh, this follows you the individual that's right even after the even after the transaction is closed if they allow the transaction to close and what type of I, I, I guess that's that's kind of really what I wanted to do to dig into a little bit and then I had a couple of questions about your story uh, is what I mean? I've I've had to go negotiate. I've had to go sit in board meetings and say, "Hey, Mr. John Q, ex homeowner, you know, had five thousand dollars in between fines and and HOA dues and 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 past expenses. Uh, what can we do about that? Because you know you can't get blood out of a turnip, right? And 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 so what? What truly re- recourse do they have, or if any? So HOAs have uh, extreme security uh, protection regarding unpaid assessments. So that's that's the highest level of priority that property owners need to make sure that they pay the uh, monthly or regular assessments, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, uh, because the HOA lobby is so influential that they successfully lobbied the legislature back, I think it was in the, the late 70s, um, to in act legislation that provides the HOA with super lean priority against the real property wow. uh, concerning any unpaid assessments. So that matters today when you know all of our properties have equity. So if the property owner doesn't pay their assessments, the HOA, by operation of law, will have a lien against the property in super lean priority junior only to any existing purchase money mortgage. Um, that will absolutely ensure that the HOA gets paid from the equity from the, the property. By the way, the HOAs and the, 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 the law firms that do that type of work, they have no qualms filing a lawsuit for a unpaid $2,500 assessment. So I've seen that sad scenario many, many times where a lawsuit will be filed for an unpaid assessment of two, three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 maybe, uh, and then they tack on you know the five grand in attorney's fees, late fees and everything, and it just gets worse from there. All right. If you are looking for a 
incredible real estate attorney or got questions about your HOA or in a dispute with your HOA or run an HOA, go ahead and text the word HOA to 623-AZ-RECON. That's HOA to 623-AZ-RECON. All right, Christopher, I want to kind of, you know, take it into a different direction. Obviously, this is the Real Estate 401k show. Our emphasis really is helping people, uh, you know, build and generate a legacy of wealth through real estate. So oftentimes now we're dealing with income producing properties, um, whether somebody's deciding that they're going to move and hang on to home number one, convert that into a rental and or go out and buy an income producing property. And so obviously over the last decade or so, Airbnbs or short-term rentals have become very, very popular out here. Ryan and I are doing a lot of, uh, really focused a lot on helping our investors, you know, uh, take advantage of the midterm uh, property, you know, rentals such as 30 plus days and, and so forth. So let's talk about as an investor, converting a home into an income producing property or buying something and wanting our options of short-term, mid-term, long-term what are some things that we should be paying attention to? How much research should we do? How important is it to get our hands on the original CCNRs and then talk to an attorney? So the due diligence is key to identify the proper location, the proper geographic area that you want the property to be in. What part of the valley do, do you deem to be uh, desirable for a uh, short-term rental operation and then kind of zero in from there. So what part of the valley? Okay, northeast, uh, northwest valley, east valley, Scottsdale, you know, wherever you want to be. And then what particular neighborhood, what particular community uh, are you interested in? And then from there, you can, there's two questions that need to be asked. Number one, is it legal in that particular community? Are there any existing deed restrictions, HOA prohibitions against short-term rentals? Um, what rental restrictions exist? Uh, so that's number one. Because if, if the answer to that is they're unlawful, then that, that ends the analysis. But if it is lawful, okay, then is it still wise given the temperature and mood for uh, short-term rentals uh, in this particular neighborhood? Uh, because I've seen those situations where you know, my clients have had, uh, you know, great rental properties uh, in areas where it is lawful. There's no uh, enforceable restriction against short-term rental use, but there's just this, like, growing hostility towards them. Uh, if there's a groundswell of opposition against them in the neighborhood, then I don't know if you, you want to voluntarily inject yourself. I've, I've got this neighborhood, this, these two streets, they're one block over from me. And every single front yard has a sign in the yard that says, No hotels. Homes, not hotels. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know whether that would be a good street yeah. to buy an Airbnb see, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what that, That's how I see it. I mean, I, I have a, a, a group of clients who have kind of, they're really, really successful, really wise. They've strategically targeted a particular neighborhood in Scottsdale where they've bought up a bunch of where it's where it's absolutely lawful. There's no restrictions. They're large. They're large lots, um, and they've strategically, you know, positioned a number of rentals there. And so it's just kind of this this very welcoming atmosphere to that type of thing. Kind of if anybody's ever been to Mission Beach, you know, California, San Diego, you know, there's areas sure. where there's just you know short-term rentals all over the place. Um, but anyway, that's that's kind of the point. Like just you can choose where to buy. 
And so I, I, I wouldn't recommend, you know, voluntarily uh, purchasing a property where you know there's going to be just open hostility. All right. If you are looking for a great real estate attorney or have questions about your HOA or the CCNRs of a, a community that you're thinking about buying in, go ahead and text the word HOA to 623-AZ-RECON. That's HOA to 623-AZ-RECON. So, I mean, I have a number of things running around in my head. First off, I think any good attorney worth their salt can defend either side. So I really liked that that you defend both the public and, and HOAs. So let's go back to your first story, Canary Yellow Home, and then your other neighbor with the with the peppermint, you know, paint on that, or the what did you call it? The barber, barber, barber bar, shop. Barber shop. Was it at least scratch and sniff uh, paint? <laughs> you know, at, at the very least. I didn't <laughs> want to get too close. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and can we all agree that that's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty flagrant, right? For any HOA, they're not going to typically allow color schemes like that, and and people uh, feel like that it's going to compromise the, the 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 value of the neighborhood. Can we agree on that? Well, I think the neighbors, it would be common sense. HOA would just be down, come down to what's in the CC&Rs. Well, but yeah, I generally speaking, most HOAs, they're going to have certain color schemes. Correct. And architectural. Okay. Yep, correct. Right. So that being said, they clearly violated those, those terms and conditions. Right. Defend the people that painted their houses canary yellow. If, if they did that in... Desert Ridge or some planned that, community. That, uh, pick out uh, pick out any one of them where you know that there's a where, where there's color scheme violations. Give, there, me, give there, me the give me the twenty second defense. Well, uh, I, I I was talking to Mike this morning about this recent uh, Supreme Court case that just came out uh, last week regarding property rights in Arizona. And the Supreme Court spent half the opinion talking about the Declaration of Independence and Arizona's Constitution <laughs> and explaining how private property rights are fundamental to citizenship in America. So I think that would probably be the strongest argument that the property owner would have is that, you know, this is their private property right, you know, guaranteed to them by the Constitution and the HOA is unlawfully, unconstitutionally infringing on their on their lawfully given rights. Damn, you brought it back to the basics, didn't you? <laughs> America. <laughs> America, uh, yes. All right. So we have uh, – th- this is related but you know a little bit of a spinoff. So Mike and I both own a property. It's on a golf course. The the property is in an HOA, and they've decided that they are going you are, to. We are now leveraging counsel without having to pay for it right now because he's on man. the podcast. This know, is great. Right? Let me yeah. get my let me get my book. <laughs> <laughs> the the golf course runs independently of the HOA, so one has nothing to do with the other. The golf course decided that they wanted to get their grass extra green next to our property. And the sprinklers has washed away all the paint on our wall facing the golf course. HOA came over to us and said, hey, you need to paint your wall. The second time. Multiple times. You need to come over here and paint your wall. It's unsightly. You're breaking the rules. And then they tried to slap us with a fine. What's the protocol? My, my mind wandered when you were saying that because I, I really got frightened for a second and I thought you were going to say the 
golf course decided that they were that a higher highest and best use of the land was going to be to put more homes there. Yeah, that's happened too. Because <laughs> there's a lot of talks about Arizona being over golfed, having too many golf courses. Glen Lakes, El Caro, both did it. So that that has happened, and uh, so that would create an entirely different legal issue if if that was the case. And they're smart. It used to be the developer would own everything. Right. But now they've got separate entities that that arguably gives them the ability to do that. So the the sprinklers are affecting the the wall. Say that again. Yeah. So the sprinklers are not only washing away the the paint. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also you know leaching over and and starting to deteriorate the block. Okay. Now I see. So the HOA, which is a separate entity, is is complaining about the the, the condition of the, the wall. Right. And your position is, well, I didn't do it. Right. All right. Well, technically, it's still your responsibility. It's your your property, so it's still. Actually, the the correct legal conclusion will be determined in the actual CCNRs to determine whose responsibility that is. Sometimes, actually, most of the time, the exterior wall is the responsibility of the HOA. Um, but th- th- there will be a yes or no answer, a clear answer in the the CCNRs as to what are the common elements mm-hmm. and what's what's the responsibility of the property owner. If the if the CCNRs indicate that the exterior exterior portion of the wall is the property owner's responsibility, then you're going to be technically liable for incurring either having a fine or incurring the cost to repair it, improve it. Um, But you would have a claim for indemnification against the golf course owner for causing that damage. Uh, But ultimately, it's still going to be your your responsibility. And then you'll just seek reimbursement from the golf course. But my, my guess, most of the time, the exterior condition will be the responsibility of the HOA. Okay. It'd be unusual for it not to be. Well they they, they feel like it's my I feel like it's yeah. Mike and I. Well take take a look at the letter and see <laughs> if they point to a specific provision in the CCNRs. Okay. And uh but but it's there it'll not right, be so, a, a so that's gonna clear lead answer. me to in a minute of amendments to the CCNRs. So but real quickly we wanna encourage you if you need a real estate attorney, have questions about your HOA have a dispute, go ahead and text the word HOA to 623-AZ-RECON. That's uh, HOA to 623-AZ-RECON. It's just important to note, because uh, this is a good reminder, Ryan and I, we just sold a, a property to an investor of ours, has CCNRs, but no HOA. So I think it's important for people to understand just because there's no HOA does not necessarily mean there's no CCNRs and it's not necessarily a free-for-all. But last year, we saw the Arizona Supreme Court hand down a ruling uh, because what we've experienced as investors, property owners, uh, residents inside HOAs, we've seen for the last 10 years, HOAs keep amending their bylaws, amending their bylaws. So one moment you can have a short-term property, uh, you know, inside this community, and then next thing you know, the bylaws are amended, and now the HOA is saying that you can't. And we see a lot of things that the HOAs amend to their bylaws. What do what does this Supreme, Arizona Supreme Court ruling mean, and and how do we interpret it? Sure. So again, getting back to the kind of the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution. You know, one of the things that we hold dear in our country is this idea of due process that we have fundamental fundamental fairness of the laws and and our property rights, our entitlements, you know, those type of things. And when a property owner purchases property in an HOA, uh, they are doing that voluntarily with eyes wide open, uh, with every opportunity to review all of the existing deed restrictions. 
So when you work with good, competent uh, brokers like uh, Mike and Ryan, you know, they're going to advise you of all of the, the issues that come up on the title report, especially any existing CCNRs if there's an HOA. And so then the buyer has an opportunity to carefully read through the CCNRs to decide if they want to live in that neighborhood. I have people contact and, you know, hire me all the time, it's usually people from out of state because uh, they're used to working with lawyers, um, usually people in state. They know that you know, they can trust Mike and, and Ryan to advise them on this. But I have, I have clients pretty regularly contact me and say, hey, they're under contract to, to buy a property and they want me to advise them on the existing CCNRs. So I'll, I'll review them. I'll, I'll call out any areas of concern and meet with them and tell them, hey, this is what you need to be aware of. And, you know, are you OK with this? You know, because you are obliging yourself to comply with these terms and conditions if you buy in this neighborhood. You don't have to buy here. You could buy somewhere else. But, you know, it's it's due process. It's fair that you would be bound by these terms and conditions if you buy here. But what we're talking about is the existing documents that exist when they close on the purchase. OK, um, so what is troubling uh, to fundamental fairness to our, our Supreme Court and Court of Appeals is a circumstance where a buyer purchases a property in a community and then you know, one month later, two months later, five months later, the HOA changes the set of rules that they're playing by, that they record a new amendment that now changes their property rights. And so pursuant to the, the uh, Calway case that uh, came out a little over a year ago, I don't know, maybe it was two years ago now, Mike. It's been a while, yeah. Uh, I think it's been it's two been years, fly- two years in March. Flying, man. Um, uh, pursuant to Calway now, uh, they've, they've curbed that. The Supreme Court has curbed how and when you know HOA amendments can be lawfully amended, and basically my my interpretation, my my kind of simpleton way of explaining the rule is that pursuant to Calway, CCNRs can be amended to modify existing restrictions that were set forth in the CCNRs, but they cannot be amended to impose brand new restrictions. For example, if applying this to short-term rentals, because that's what we were talking about. If the original set of CCNRs had no restriction at all on rentals, which that's, in my experience, that's probably over 95% of CCNRs, say virtually either nothing or virtually nothing about rentals. Okay, it just just wasn't contemplated in the CCNRs. So if the original set of CCNRs says nothing about rentals, can the CCNRs be amended now to impose this brand new restriction prohibiting short-term rentals? Pursuant to, the, pursuant to the Supreme Court and our Court of Appeals, uh, the answer to that is no. Um, and that is made clear from the Oak Creek Canyon Association case that just came out a few months ago in late 2023. So the Oak Creek case up, in, up by Sedona, mm-hmm. there's a community there, answered that question you know, specifically in regard to short-term rentals. If there was no prohibition on rentals, can there be a new amendment restricting short-term rentals? No, it's just, it's just not fair. All right. If you have questions about your HOA, if you're an investor and need the CCNRs reviewed so you can determine what you can and what you can't do, all you got to do is text the word HOA to 623-AZ-RECON. This is our attorney, Christopher Charles, with Provident Lawyers. Again, to reach him, all you got to do is text the word HOA to 623-AZ-RECON. Thank you for joining us on the Real Estate 401k Show. If you want more information on how to build wealth, click on the link or text us at 623-297-3266. That's 623-AZ-RECON.